Hello and uh, welcome to Amateur Radio Topics. I'm Kevin, VK6 Lima Whiskey. And this evening I'm joined by my good friend Steve, VK6 Victor Zulu, uh, for this episode of Amateur Radio Topics. How are you, Steve? Yeah, I'm good, Kev, and uh, nice to be uh, on the air again with you. Yeah, yeah, it's good to catch up, albeit remotely. So Absolutely. Steve and I only live a few kilometres apart, but for some reason or other, it's always not, sometimes not easy to get together. And I've been planning to do a podcast about headphones for a few weeks. And um, even though I now seem to be retired, I don't seem to be retired in the sense of having more spare time, which is a little bit, it's a little bit odd. But there we are. Um, so I gave Steve a call and said, look, you fancy doing this, um, this headphone special this evening. So here we are. We've, we've hooked up remotely and it all seems to work quite well. So, Steve, you, um, you've been licensed for longer than I have. And we both um, have used, uh, we've both started off our journey with headphones when uh, probably what was on offer was fairly rudimentary. I think mean, we were just talking before we started the podcast about the types of headphones we had. I know I had an old uh, black Bakelite pair, which um, had a, a clamp on it such that after about five or 10 minutes, your ears were burning. And they were I'm pretty certain they were high, high impedance type headphones, uh, completely unsuitable really for long periods of time on the radio. Um, and then, of course, from there, we, we, Steve and I have experimented with different headphones over the years. In fact, I'm still, still experimenting with different headphones, hence the reason for this podcast. And um, certainly once you've had a listen to this, I'd uh, welcome any, uh, any responses as to the types of headphones that you found to be good and that you have enjoyed using and, and headphones that you can keep on your head for maybe 24, or 36 or 48 hours in a contest because that's uh, always fairly important. So I think... Um, so you, you've probably got a little bit, you, your headphone history goes a little bit further back than mine, Steve. Before we went to air, Steve was talking about World War II headphones. So that's how old he is. So <laughs> on that basis, I'm going to um, let you give your, let you, give us the benefit of your um, experience with the headphones you started off with and um, I'll chip in and uh, we'll move, move forward to the, the current day. Absolutely. Um, I think what um, uh, we've got here... Uh, for you, dear listeners, is there's a bit of um, yeah history of um, headphone usage in uh, radio and amateur radio in general. But yeah, my um, I think uh, Kev summed it up perfectly um, when he said Bakelite, because um, uh, for those um, that grew up uh, in the um, yeah teenagers in the sixties and seventies and were um, radio amateurs, what we grew up with that was. Uh, uh, headphones from uh, World War II, um, uh, the earpieces were almost inevitably made of Bakelite. Now, in contrast to Kevin, who actually started off with uh, uh, one with a headband, um, my father uh, was a uh, World War II uh, navigator. And uh, my first set of headphones was actually my father's leather flying helmet. Um, it was very nice in the winter um, when um, things were cold and kept my entire head warm. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, in the summer, it was torture. But on the other hand, they were probably better than um, uh, the poor uh, sort of head with his um, steel headband vice across his head. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have any video on this podcast, Steve, to, because this would make for a good video with you with that, that, that flying helmet on. 
Well, actually, somebody, I think my sister did once call me Biggles. <laughs> yes. So, but the, look, I think the essence of it is with, um, with communications receivers, you, you, you're always trying to, um, you always think there's a better pair of headphones out there. I do anyway. Yeah, and, no, I totally and, and and it's, it was it was certainly the same back in the in the seventies when I was first licensed. You were licensed a little bit before me, and what was on offer with headphones was obviously not quite as wide ranging as what we what we now find on the market. However, there were some there were some headphones around that seemed to work fairly well, and they were more the aviation type headphones rather than the the hi fi type headphones, which always seemed to be a bit woolly. Don't know if you recall that, Steve. You know, you you yes. you try a pair of headphones on, and and you think, well, these are pretty comfortable, and you plug them into a communications receiver, and they were just completely awful. You know, they had the they they seemed to be woolly, and they had a very low frequency response, and and they were they were terrible for CW, and it, so that the search went on, and and I certainly ended up with a pair of aviation type headphones, and I think you did as well, and I bought I ended up bringing those out to Australia with me, and I probably got those in the late seventies or something, but. Um, a lot of these um, headphones were um, ex-war surplus for sure. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Or they're ex, not necessarily ex-war um, surplus, but they were ex-commercial surplus, it seemed. And they used to turn up in, in all these various radio shops that used to exist but don't exist anymore, essentially no, sold you know, on a second-hand basis. I think the key thing, Kev, when we come back to those early days was impedance mismatching. And of course, the receivers that, um, if if you were a radio amateur in the the sixties uh, or seventies, what you grew up with was um, uh, communication receivers like AR88s and HROs with high impedance outputs. So when you and I um, we took the uh, um, the eight ohm uh, headsets off our um, uh, practical wireless, um, you know, kind of. Uh, electronic uh, stereo amplifiers that we built, there was a terrible mismatch. Uh, our, our um, you know, uh, one, um, eight ohm rock music headphones really didn't work too well when they were plugged into an AR88. Yeah, that's true. Well, I had the CR100, so that was the, that was the same type of... Absolutely. Same, same type of uh, receiver. And, um, I mean, we're getting off track here, but the, the, the CR100 was a a behemoth of a thing to move around. It was a bit like the B40. You needed several people to move it. Um, but I do remember managing to get the CR100 up the stairs of a small house in the UK into my bedroom on my own somehow, you know, one stair at a time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, um, you've, you've just identified another key word, and that, that is bedroom. And I think... From an early age for radio amateurs, in order our hobby didn't interfere with other people, and especially Kevin and I were both teenage radio amateurs. So the thing was, is headphones were vital if we wanted to operate at night. Well, that's right, because we, we you know, it, it was, um, and CW was obviously better from that point of view as well, because you weren't Absolutely. necessarily disturbing the whole household. But yeah, headphones were imperative, really. And it was um, it, so. It's an important part of the hobby. It's 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 something that everybody uses, but people probably take for granted. And I've over the years, I've bought a lot of pairs of headphones, uh, almost searching for the holy grail. And um, 
if I, I'm a little bit of a sucker for punishment, if I see a, a, a new model and they're not too expensive, I think, well, I'll try those out and just see what they're like and see what the audience, you know, see what the frequency response is like. If, you know, if they're noise cancelling, see what the noise cancelling features like. But, yeah. Yeah, and I, th I think that's that's the key thing. I mean, for us, the, the important thing has always been to reduce noise. And I think it's fair to say you and I probably became CW operators because it was something, yeah, that we could do uh, at, at night. But the, the thing actually was is, is to um, reduce also noises um, from, you know, the, the rest of the house. I mean, I, I used to operate CW on 40 metres in a bedroom that I shared with two other brothers. So <laughs> they'd, yeah. they'd be doing cartwheels or arguing over which was the better, um, you know, uh, English uh, football team. So, yeah, exactly. And of course, in those days, there wasn't the, the noise cancelling headphones didn't exist. No. Um, the best you could hope for is a, a pair of headphones that had good ambient noise um, rejection. You know, with 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 a with a big solid um, earmuff type arrangement that was that was reasonably comfortable. So um, I think it's yeah things have things have moved on from those days, obviously. But um, after you had the flying helmet, what, what did you progress on to after this? What, what what was the next stage? Right. Well, initially, I I think like you, I built bought a pair of Bakelite ones with. Um, uh, a, a, uh, they were probably army or, or navy headphones, which actually had um, sort of two steel bands that went across your head, um, and then all for, sudden, for maximum maximum discomfort. Absolutely, but but as you say, if you could operate longer, probably than a, than a, a couple of hours when wearing those. Um, but my first, um, you know, proper headphones, I guess, was around nineteen seventy. And looking at the Lasky's uh, radio catalogue, and um, they actually had a pair of uh, um, you know headphones which were dedicated to um, uh, for, for communications purposes. They they uh, didn't have um, you know too too much bass or too much treble. Uh, now you know, so I used those, and I think at the time, Kev, um, you know, I think my those headphones probably would have cost about um, seven or eight UK pounds. Um, and as my receiver cost um, 10 pounds, that was quite a uh, the major investment. Yeah, that was um, for some, what year was this? Uh, this would have been about 1970, 71. I, okay. I say investment because they were actually a Christmas present from my, my dad. But I remember it was like, at uh, seven or eight quid at Christmas with um, uh, three other siblings, I was pushing. Um, I was pushing Dad's budget to the limit. I think. Yeah, I can. I can remember getting the CR100 and having to twist my father's arm a lot to try and get seven quid out of him for the CR100. Uh, he wasn't really all that impressed. He couldn't see any. Any. He didn't understand what what I was playing around with all this radio stuff, and he couldn't see any merit in it at all. And. Um, he gave in in the end, I think. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was actually quite a it was a reasonable sum of money. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, I think my pocket I think on pocket money was about you know fifty p or something at the time. So yeah, well, I, I think that's what made our choice really. And in those days, I mean, um, my my Lasky's, I think yeah, they called them communication headphones. 
uh, were quite a, uh, a luxury, um, but they did last me until I was um, probably about 45. Ken. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I think I, I maybe only threw them out a few years back, but um, for a long time, and I think really until the 1990s, that's when um, we started to get better headphones. There was actually choice. And I think the choice was is all of a sudden we got really tightly sealed headphones that were um, relatively comfortable, which reduced, as you say, ambient noise. And then we got those um, headphones which were using this new um, noise cancelling technology. And uh, all of a sudden, that you know, life in headphones got got much more interesting. Yeah. Well, the, the noise cancelling aspect to it is interesting because I've had quite a few pairs of noise cancelling headphones over the years um, with varying degrees of success. And um, there's a couple of things that I've found with them. Obviously, if they've got good ambient noise uh, rejection that that does help as well you know if i've got some some sort of rejection to start with and then you've got the noise cancelling side of it one, one couple of things that i found um I, i've i've never actually gone ahead and bought a pair of the pretty expensive bose headphones you know that they're they're when i've ever whenever i've listened to them you know tested them in an airport or in a shop or something other i've always got suspicion that they for me they sounded a bit woolly Yes. And I just didn't really go down that path. And I've never actually used a pair, you know, with, with a communications receiver. But um, I've had quite a few other different pairs. And the thing that I've found to, to start with was with some of probably the more economical brands is that the, the characteristic that the noise cancelling introduced into the, into the audio path wasn't really all that desirable. It, it, didn't, it, it didn't really enhance the, the, the audio. It, the, no. the noise cancelling could work quite well. But it, it, it tended to, for me, made a bit of a mess of the of the actual frequency response, and yes, and I, the, yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, particularly the early ones, Kev. I mean, yeah, I, definitely, you know, yeah. When they first came out, they were they were really all over the place. Were dreadful. But the, the other thing I found almost universally was that most of them suffered from suffered quite badly from um, RF. Um, well, RF problems, you know, you transmit and, and, the, and the, the noise cancelling feature would take off, <laughs> which wasn't all that great, to be honest, um, particularly, you know, if you're running a linear or something. So it was, and that, that was virtually insurmountable because the, the units weren't sealed. They were completely, you know, they were just in, a, in, in a plastic shell and yeah. you could use as much decoupling as you wanted, you know, on the, on the, um, on the leads in and out. But basically it was just sheer breakthrough. So that, yes. that, that didn't help either. I mean, it wasn't insurmountable or it wasn't terrible, but the, the, some were worse than others. And yes. I probably had, you know, quite a few different brands of noise cancelling headphones. And a number of years ago, I decided to get a pair of Radio Sport headphones, which are not noise cancelling. They rely upon ambient noise rejection. So, um, and they've got very good ambient noise rejection and they've got memory foam in the pads uh, they've got a pretty strong strong sort of clamp on the top and they do work really well uh, yeah. the only the only downside to them and i don't know if you've used the radio sport headphones before um they blot out a lot of noise it's very good but the downside is that particularly if you wear glasses um 
they're for me they're not wearable past about maybe <clears throat> if I'm in a contest probably about 12 or 18 hours and I really want to rip them off and find another pair of headphones yes and then then I nearly normally swap them out with something else that is maybe not quite as good as the radio sport in terms of the noise rejection but um, it gives my ears a rest and then I can go back to the radio sport later on in the contest. So I get to the latter part of the contest and I'm changing, you know, headphones every, every two to three hours just to try and give my ears a break. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that, that for me has been the biggest problem with those headphones. I've, I've read other reviews on those headphones and other people don't seem to have the same problem. Maybe they don't wear glasses. Maybe they've got different sorts of glasses. Maybe I should be wearing contact lenses. I don't know. This is... <laughs> <laughs> getting off, off topic. Oh, but No, well, I, I think it's actually very interesting, Kev, that the thing is everybody's heads are shaped differently. And uh, the thing, I think the conclusion that both of us have really come to is if you're keen on um, contesting or you're on a de-expedition, then you need more than one set of headphones. And I think both of us really have come to the conclusion that um, you've got, you know, a fairly um, a, a, a pair of headphones that goes um, totally encloses the ears, and those work um, really well. Um, you know, sort of in the generally in the contest, especially when you've got weak signals. But uh, it, it, there comes a time, and I think it's like um, when when you're doing, you know, in the day. Um, you might wear something somewhat lighter. And in fact, I, uh, I actually favour an over-the-ear um, type headphone, which is a pair of little Sony um, over-the-ear um, MDR. Uh, oh, yeah. I had a pair of those. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. you've used earbuds, Kev, haven't you, as well? Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got some... Um, actually, I've got some TDK noise-cancelling earbuds, which I'm... I'm using at the moment on this podcast. Yeah. So well, they're, they're, they're actually quite effective. There's not much um, ambient noise rejection because they're just earbuds, but yeah. they actually, they do quite work quite well. I, I use them um, quite often when we're taking a trip, we're flying. And I, I, I normally take these on the, on the plane um, with me because they're nice and small. And yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've taken larger headphones on planes with me before to try and blot out more of, more of the engine noise. But these TDK earbuds are actually quite good. So they are usable. I mean, one thing I find here is if, you know, most of the radio gear I've got is, is pretty quiet. It's the linear that's the problem, um, essentially. That yeah. tends to, you know, the fans running continuously and um, yeah. it, it runs at various speeds depending on how hot the thing gets, etc. So uh, maybe the answer is to put the linear in a separate room or something. <laughs> access it remotely. <laughs> absolutely. I think, again, we come back to the contesting thing that, because of the high duty cycles of the, you know, which are imposed on the radios we're using and on the linears, um, your, your fan, um, particularly if you've got a solid state linear with a thermostat, it's going to be working quite hard. Now, um, Kev's uh, uses the radio sport. I mean, I, I discovered after, um, I mean, there was some very good noise cancelling headphones that were used for planes. Uh, and they were reasonably cheap. Now, I've got a pair here which are called Prolux NC2s. And this was the last of um, in the... Uh... Sounds like some sort of medical treatment, Steve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that at all. No, no. Well, in the, in the early 1990s, but I think before the radio sports were available, um, you know, I did 
use um, uh, those type of headphones and experiment with them. And the good thing was is, and it's a bit like what you were saying about the earbuds, Kev, is the ones they were really developed for aeroplane use. So they had to be fairly comfortable. Um, otherwise, the passengers would have, you know, chucked them away. But, um, yeah, I, I, I went from them to the Yamaha uh, CM500, um, which um, I probably, they were probably around at the time the K3 came out. And um, uh, I think virtually, you know, a lot of K3 users all bought Yamaha CM500 headsets. So, so the CM500s, are they noise cancelling or are they just ambient? No, no, they're like the, the radio sports, but they're a bit more comfortable. Your radio sports, Kev, I think if your linear exploded, um, well, you would probably notice it, but I remember both of you and I did Baru one time and um, I could hear the lightning crashes um, through my CM500s. Whereas in your case, it took your wife to come into the shack <laughs> and shelter you to tell you that your air oils were about to be vaporized and perhaps you should stop transmitting. I remember that year actually with the with the with the lightning. Yeah. I didn't really leave until it was unsafe to do so. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think I, I stopped I, I came off the air probably about an hour before you kept. Yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It wasn't like we were trying to battle out the static on eighty or one sixty or whatever. But it, it did. Yeah, it was. It obviously did get a bit close. That's when I had the shack, um, the, my old shack actually, and that was actually quite well insulated against noise as well. Yes, it was a sort of triple insulated walls with acoustic insulation in the walls, and so consequently, it's like a quiet room. So yeah, it was hammering down outside, but with the headphones and the and the the way the shack was built, I probably didn't. Um, didn't pay too much attention to it. But obviously, yes, it would have been wise to leave beforehand, I think. Yeah, so. and I think, again, it's um, Kev's shack is, um, you know, sort of separate to the main living areas, whereas mine is fairly adjacent. And, uh, yeah, sort of, I, I, I think um, in some circumstances, I mean, in this case, um, you know, your life was probably at risk. <laughs> but, but there is there is that thing too is sometimes it's nice to wear you know um uh, the more comfortable lighter weight headphones or earphones in the day when you're not you know you're you're not having to dig out an s1 you know that's, that's that's actually true the radio sport's very good for digging out weak signals and what i've tended to do during the day is i've tended to or in the past i've tended to switch to like a gaming style headphone yes so i've got i've got a couple of them here i've got one that's a hyper x which i've uh, i've used and that has a detachable microphone which i really don't use but it's it's a quite a nice lightweight headphone and it's got a very it's got a nice audio response it's 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 not it's not woolly um it's got fairly good ambient reduction and you can wear you can wear that headset for hours on end it's it's, it's really comfortable and I've got another pair, which is a Logitech, uh, I think it's a G20, which are the same type of thing. You know, it's a, it's a very lightweight gaming headset without an awful lot of ambient noise reduction, but good enough, certainly during the day on 15 and 10 and 20 metres, you know, when the signals are pretty strong, it, it, it's, it's absolutely fine. So that, that they've been the sort of standby headphones that I've used along with the Radio Sport for probably about the last five to ten years i suppose um had the radio sport for quite a while 
and then I've toggled onto these gaming headphones, which I've found have been much better than some other headphones that I've tried that that, that have that are probably more expensive, but are more designed for you know sort of hi-fi listening, which is not really not really um, what we're about, I guess. No, and I think that because the, the gaming head, headsets seem to be more made for communications type bandwidth things. But one thing I would care for, are your gaming headsets, do they have air, um, you know, do, can air get inside them? Are, are they, or are they sort of... No, they're closed backs. They're, they're definitely closed backs. Right. Yeah, I know the ones you mean with the, with the they're sort of like a, yeah, they're like an open framework. Yeah, um, they, these are a bit. These are a bit different. They're, the HyperX ones actually, I bought those because they're rated very well as a gaming headset. Yes, and they weren't that expensive. They, they, you know, I think they were around about sort of sixty or seventy dollars, something like that. And the Logitech G20s, I think they were in a similar price bracket. That they weren't. They're not expensive headphones, and they're actually pretty good value for money uh, if you want a lightweight headset um, and you haven't got too much ambient noise around that you're trying to blot out. So. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're quite good. And they've been around for a while. I mean, those headphones are several years old now. Yeah, no, no, very good. I, I have experimented. My, my son, uh, Sam, is um, quite a keen gamer. And um, I, he actually likes open frame headsets. And I think, again, some people, if they haven't tried an open framed gaming headset, um again i think they're they're an interesting um option i mean the other thing that i've also used here um is a lightweight communications headset like i have had for a very long time um probably 20 years plus a heil um i think they called them adventure headset headset and they're basically a set, set of lightweight sennhauser um, I think they're Sennhauser uh, uh, headphones, but to which a, a boom mic with an HC or HC5 element has been added. And again, I found those useful, Kev, as another option. Yeah, I've, I've got a pair of those. I've, I've used those in the past. They were sort of more of an on-ear style rather than an over-ear, weren't they? That's right. Yeah, but, but, yeah but I've, it, definitely, I've definitely, I think I've, I may still have that pair. I'm not sure. They didn't have a boom mic. They just it was just the headphones. Yeah, that mine actually were fitted with the boom mic, and I've used them for mobile operation. Um, yeah, but they were they were certainly really light. But they had oh, virtually yeah. they didn't have much noise reduction at all. I, I seem to recall. No, no, and no I, that's right. And I think that was in the days when I was running a, a, a tube amplifier, and the the you know it's, it, you need you needed something to get that keep that noise at bay you in a contest yeah and I, I think we come to another in a point and really this is related to it is um if you've got and i think this is if you've got a tube amp uh, unless it's an um one of those uh, incredibly expensive um uh alpha um you know auto tune amps and or their acom equivalent then it, um, you know, I'm, I'm still doing manual tuning, <laughs> whereas you, you are um, depending on automatic tuning. So you can cite your, um, uh, your amplifier a long way away from the operating desk. And I think that's a, that's a good argument for solid state 
or even yeah tube valve tube type um auto-tune amplifiers well yeah it is definitely because i mean i could um when i get the new shack bill i could actually put the amplifier into a box you know like a, a rack mount box away from um the 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 operating desk or as far away from the operating desk as I can get it. Um, and actually, if you, if, you, if you put it in another box on the wall and the box has got extraction fans in and out, you know, it's just something to keep the air circulating, it'd probably sit there quite happily, quite comfortably. I mean, the, 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 this particular amplifier, the Expert 2K FA, I mean, it, 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 it loafs along. I mean, you don't, you don't need to really pre- put it under a huge amount of pressure. It, it will run all day. Yeah. So... That is one answer, and you can actually you can just you can remotely control it from the the, the laptop or the computer anyway. Um, so it's I, not really a problem. I think an argument for that is that, um, both of us know, and uh, I, I, both you and I have used um, SPE type amplifiers, which you know are probably the best known and most widely used amplifiers. And anything with a transistor in, you always. Um, my gut feeling is you always want to be looking at the temperature every night. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. I, well, before, I mean, I've still got a, an expert 1K, but the problem with that is that that does tend to get, that does tend to get fairly warm with the high duty cycle and it's got, and the fan in the 1K is louder than the fan in the 2K. Oh, that's interesting. Kevin. Yeah, much louder. So, and prior to that, I had the, the, the OM um, amplifier. OM power amplifier and the fan in that was pretty loud, Steve, to be honest. Hmm. So um, particularly in a, in a smaller shack and that, that was all manual tunes. So there's no way I could put that in a remote location, you know, inside the shack or wherever. So yeah, there's a few things um, to consider with, with the placement of the amplifier. If you remove the amplifier from the picture, then actually it opens up the choice of headphones more and, greatly because you're, uh, not, no, you're, not, you're not so concerned with the, with the noise reduction side of things. No, and, and that is absolutely true. And I think um, the other thing which we should probably discuss as well is that, um, yeah, for, for contesters, um, there's always the question of the, um, the amplifier being run at a high duty cycle, which really forces you to wear headphones. But um, we're probably, and and I have a yeah, I have a friend who, who um, Kev also knows who um, he cites his uh, uh, linear amplifier remotely. He works mainly one band, and uh, he has some it, it, sort of hearing issues, which wearing headphones. Um, don't make bet any better so he can run you know he can do a, a contest um uh with this remotely yeah a single band contest with his remotely sighted amplifier without headphones um and uh using in his case can speakers to give him increased um uh, audio selectivity um, so, so that's a, a, a totally, you know, different way of approaching the, uh, the headphone issue. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't tried to do that. No, that's interesting. Um, I think I still prefer to have a pair of headphones on, but look, it's, it's, it's personal choice, isn't it? Yeah, and I think there is the in-the-zone feeling. And I, I think for all of us, and again, it's probably conditioning, that um, after you've spent... Um, a lot of years um, p- 
pulling weak signal out of the noise and not to wear headphones, you're often, I feel quite insecure in the fact I'm thinking, am I going to miss um, one or two letters or, or get, you know, misread a couple of letters of a, of a call sign, which is going to cost me a zone. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Anyway, on the just on the on the search for the pair of headphones that I can wear for the whole contest, hmm. uh, I think I um, mentioned to you a little while ago that I pretty well think I may have got this sussed as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, um, maybe six months or so ago, maybe a bit longer, maybe a year, I saw a pair of ANC uh, 700BT headphones on special at one of the local suppliers, and um, they, were, they weren't terribly expensive, I think about $150 or something rather. And they're an Audio Technica um, headphone. I've had Audio Technica before. I've got Audio Technica Buds. I've got some Audio Technica on-ear um, headphones. And they're, they're a nice headphone, and they work well with, with communications uh, receivers. Anyway, they've, they've, got this, um, uh, they've got this other model. It's an ANC700BT. The BT stands for Bluetooth. Bluetooth sounds attractive, and it is pretty attractive if you're using it with your phone or whatever. But um, I found trying to use Bluetooth with a communications receiver with, a, with, with um, some problems with the latency. You know, there's, there's issues with a, with a slight delay, which if you're trying to operate SO2R or something like that, it just, it just doesn't work. But these, this ANC700BT also has a cord um, function. So you can plug a cord in and you can connect it up and you can still use the noise cancelling. It's got really excellent noise cancelling, probably the best noise cancelling that I've found in a reasonable price pair of headphones. And it's got nice ambient um, noise reduction because it's got fairly good uh, memory foam uh, ear pads. And... I found in the last WPX contest, which I operated 36 hours in, I didn't use another pair of headphones. I only used that wow. pair of headphones the whole way through. And, I, and even on the Monday morning, I could, I could tell that I've been wearing a pair of headphones for, for a while, but it wasn't anything like trying to wear the Radio Sport headphones for, for 36 or close to 48 hours. So the ANC700BT for me, so far... <laughs> It's the most successful pair of headphones I've got. And the other great thing about it is the audio response with the noise cancelling switched on is really good. Um, it, it's excellent. The, um, um, and it's, it's, not, um, too, it's not really very susceptible to RF either. I had a bit of RF breakthrough, I think, on 160, but I wasn't on 160 much in the WPX contest anyway. But on all the other bands, 83 to 10, I had no RF problems with it whatsoever. And, and I've got a, a couple of like, ferrite sleeves on the, on the cable, but um, I, I've, there was nothing. It was, it was really, really good. So I could, I, I could wear them all the way through. I didn't reach for any other headphones. I just wore these ones. And um, very comfortable headphones, good ambient uh, reduction, very good um, noise cancelling, very good frequency response. And so, yes, I, I can, th th at the moment, they're my number one on the headphone list. <laughs> so yeah, now, now, Kev, I want you to tell um, the listeners, how many um, pairs of headphones do you currently possess? Oh, well, I'm not actually sure because 
when, when I had the when I had the shack set up, and, and to put this in context, I'm in transition at the moment. I'm still operating out of my laundry. In fact, that's where I'm doing this podcast from. And I've got it. I'm building a new shack, but I've had a few uh, material supply problems, as um, a lot of people have with building projects at the moment. So the shack's still in progress. The new shack. But at one stage there, I think I had about eight pairs of headphones that I had sort of hanging up on the shack wall. Right. Um, so and is it fair to say you're the Amelda Markov? <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but these have all got, in, in the process of um, uh, you know, rebuilding the shack and whatever, and with a fairly temporary setup here in the laundry, you know, these have all just got thrown into a box in the, in the garage somewhere. And um, I went, before this podcast, I went and had a quick look and I, you know, I found the communications, I found the gaming headsets that I was using before, uh, just to verify what, what brand they were. But the um, the thing with that is sometimes, you know, you get a nice pair of headphones, you think, well, I actually quite like those headphones. I'm probably maybe not use them for, for radio, I might use them for listening to music or whatever. And so you hang on to them uh, and they still, you know, still end up sitting on the shack wall and they might they could be there for some time. The, I have to say that over the years, my go-to has, has still been the radio sport headphones. Um, it's only recently that I've obviously managed to find the Audio Technica um, model that, that I really like and that's re- very comfortable. Um, there's still, the, the overall noise reduction is still not quite as good as the Radio Sport, but it's, it's, it's pretty close. And the noise, the noise cancelling feature that it's got on it is, is, is excellent. It's just probably one of the best I've heard from, a, from what is a relatively cheap pair of headphones. Um, you can obviously spend a lot more money than that on noise cancelling headphones, and I know, I know some people do. Um, but for, for me, with what I'm trying to do here with, with CW and whatever, I'm sort of after headphones with a certain characteristic, and I'm, I'm just not totally convinced with some of those higher-end headphones whether or not they, they really give me that. And the only way I'd know is to maybe buy a pair and test them out or borrow a pair from somebody, persuade you to go and buy a pair, and, and I'll test them for you. I was going to say, I, I was hoping to persuade you to buy it. <laughs> no, 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 I'm retired now, Steve. Yeah. No, no, and I, well, so am I too. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think that's one of the – a good point to make is if you have a friend who is – you know, has a pair of headphones that they've just used in a contest, and I think uh, – uh, any any headset Kev, which gives you thirty five hours use and you can still bear to have them on your head, has to be a good recommendation. So I think one of the first things for for anybody, um, and even if you're a non contester and listening to this, you know if you really want to find out about what headphones are good, go and um, you know speak to your local contesters, and um, you know uh, as I'm going to do with Kev you know, bail them up in their shack and, um, you know, make sure they give you a go on their headphones. Yeah, well, for instance, I've never used the Yamaha CM500s. Well, I shall, I shall bring them round, and I think that's another thing to do is is to, um, yeah, to if, do that compare. Have you, ever, have you ever used the Radio Sport ones? Um, I, di- I did very briefly, um, but, um, again, of course, these things can be adjusted I think I once um, there was a, a multi-op uh, situation um, probably at uh, the local radio club where I put them on. And um, to me, they were a little tight on on the head. On the other hand, I seem to remember I probably got a bigger 
head than the other guy that I'd um, I was taking over from. Yeah, they've so, got they've, yeah. there are there is some adjustment. I mean, it's a, they're very heavy duty. You know, big steel bands. They've got a big padded padded section. You know, that protects your head on the on the top of the band. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the arrangement that that where the bands connect to the the shells of the the, the earpieces. You know, it's all it's all metal. So yeah. they're very heavy duty. You know, you, could, you can drop them and you know drop them. They, they sometimes they fall off the, 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 you know, particularly in the laundry. They might fall off the bench onto the floor. There's no problem with them, and they're, they're very, very rugged. No, and... I think I think that durability is important. And one one of the things I think about you saying about hanging on to a good headphones, and because yeah, I've been using the Yamaha's properly for the last fifteen to twenty years, maybe slightly, maybe more. And um, I've actually worn out um, two sets of earpieces. Um, uh, you've got this the standard type um, uh, foam uh, covered with uh, a very thin layer of vinyl. But the good thing with some of the headphones is the Yamahas. Um, they're very similar to another Kos K O S headphone. Oh yes, I've got some of those. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. plenty of info on the internet. So, so um, yeah, um, I've used two sets of pads in uh, 15 to 20 years. What about the radio sports, Kev? Have you needed to change the pads? No, nothing. No, they're, they're, I mean, they're very, um, they're very thick. They're very heavy duty. You know, the pads on them are about twice as thick as the, as the gaming headsets I've got here or the, or the audio technique ones. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're quite substantial. But I know people do. I know sometimes they change the pads or they change the covers. Um, the the foam's only got so much um, elasticity in it, I suppose. And and interesting enough, you were asking me about how many pairs of headphones I've got. Well, the, you know, I've probably got about seven or eight that I, I might have, you know, in the shack at any one time. But I've, I must have at least as many again that I've either thrown away or that are just languishing in the bottom of the junk box somewhere where I figure they're, they're just no good. And I've got a, I've, I have got a pair of the cost noise cancelling ones actually. And but I had problems with RF with that with that uh, particular brand. Mm. So somebody could buy those; they'd be perfectly adequate. They're quite comfortable, but yeah. for for, um, for what I was doing, I couldn't I couldn't keep the RF out of them, particularly on the low bands. Mm. They seemed particularly susceptible. So yeah, well, you, you, one of the things, and again, this comes down to um, you've been moving um, shacks for a while now. <laughs> constant uh, state, constant state of flux here. I'm afraid. That's right, and I think with these things, um, I, I've never really had a problem with RF into um, uh, my headphones. But then I do have an advantage that my shack has always been in the same place, which meant means I I've got an earth system uh, and a DC earth system, which um, you know is probably better than most people and, and this is something else that yeah takes into account with all these devices um you know at the moment kevin the laundry i'm i'm surprised any noise cancelling <laughs> headphones are working for you yeah actually it's, it's quite interesting I, I mean i haven't the laundry setup's a bit of a lash up to be honest and i've just got the the second ic Oh, the, not the second, but I've just got the IC7610 back again after the, the last issue with the screen. And um, I connected, I've connected it all up and I've got the SO2R working again. It's, it's all working quite nicely, actually. But I haven't, I haven't made any attempts for various reasons to 
do any, any organised earthing. I've got the the you know the the, um, uh, the towers are earthed and the and, the, and there's, there's places where the the cables that run to the antennas they're earthed at the base of the tower and things like this. But I haven't actually taken any precautions here in the laundry. I mean the the run to the towers is fairly short anyway. But um, in the when I had the shack before, I had you know earth rods outside the shack and big heavy cables going down to the earth rods and doing all the good things you're meant to do. Um, and on the face of it at the moment in the laundry, without really taking any particular precautions, I'm not really having any problems with running the, the, right. the SO2R or the two, the two bands synchronised interleaved QSOs. It, it's all working fine. Um, so the problem I alluded to with the noise cancelling headphones is just it's, it's kind of pure breakthrough. It's, right. not, it's not really, um, you know, they just, they just take off because yeah, it's not a nothing's shielded. Though. Nothing's okay. shielded, and they've got a bit of RF in the shack, and and to and to probably to get that out, um, I don't know whether I'd solve that problem with a, with more sophisticated earthing. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't, but um, it's not. Yeah, certainly what I've got here is quite usable, and I'm really looking forward to getting the shack finished, um, so that I can move all this out of here and do something that's a little bit more, a little bit more, um, well, some some better engineering really. So this is just lashed together on a, almost like a field day type basis. And uh, I think I sent you a photo earlier on this evening, actually, of the, 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 new, the radio back in its place. Yes. So it's nice to get the second radio back. And um, there's a, um, it's a bit off topic, but there's the IARU contest coming up this weekend, 24-hour contest. Uh, starts at 1200 Zulu on Saturday evening. So I'm, I'm going to give that a go. I don't, I don't I'm not, I don't normally operate in that contest because it's kind of a bit of a weird time of the year in, in the middle of our winter, but, um, you know, I can do now and I'll give that a go 24 hours and it should be a bit of fun. The conditions are still quite good. So, um, yeah, give that a shot and, uh, and, and give the headphones yet another run. <laughs> yes. And, uh, for everybody who's listening to this podcast, um, uh, please look out for uh, VK six T um, uh, a VK6LW pretending to be VK6T in the IARU contest. Yeah, it should. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, no, it should be a bit of fun. And having the second radio back now is actually quite nice. I mean, the last the WPX I did with just the one radio, and I had a few comments about that on the most previous podcast about how much easier that was and how less tired I felt at the end of the contest. But I'm kind of hooked on the SO2R and the and the two band interleave QSOs. And I don't really want to, you know, I've made a bit of progress on that. I don't really want to give up on it. So, yeah, I'll be back in that mode. And for a 24-hour contest, it's actually, it's okay. It's not too bad. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm sort of, um, that's how I'll, I'll be trying to operate the majority of the contest. It's, it's good practice. It's got an um, advantage with the, from that point of view, the advantage with the IARU contest is it's a zone modifier. So there's, there's ITU zones which obviously are pre-filled because, you know, the zone is the zone. You haven't got a copy of serial number. But the HQ stations have an, a, a unique identification which you need to copy, you know, to, to, um, to, to get the points for that particular contact. contact. So um, there's a little bit of variation in the contest, but the large majority of the, the contacts are ITU zones. So that actually makes it much easier from an SO2R point of view than a serial number exchange such as WPX. Yeah, and and I think um, you know we've talked we've talked about head headphones in, in regard 
regarding their sort of comfortability and ease of use. And I think um, it's good. I mean, uh, radio competitions vary so much. And I think it's nice sometimes um, to have something where, you know, the IRU sounds a fairly fun thing to do. Um, and you've got some challenging um, things in regard to the HQ stations, but it's um, it's a bit of a uh, rest after having to do um, WPX with um, yeah sort of uh, uh, unique serial number exchanges. Yeah, the the, the IARU contest is is very well supported. It's the, it's um, the same contest that every four years the WRTC. Um, event coincides with. Oh, so, yes, of course. So the WRTC is every four years. Uh, it's only going next year in Italy. It would have been this year in Italy, but because of COVID and whatever, that it wasn't possible. So it's now next year in Bologna. And, um, yeah, it always coincides with the AARU. So I've done this contest a few times, obviously as part of WRTC some years ago, but also... Um, in the lead up to, to going to that event uh, quite a few years ago, I, I did that this contest at, at least a, on a couple of occasions just to familiarise myself with the cyber contest. And it's a pretty good contest, and there's some yeah very good um, very good participation rate. So it'll be a bit of fun, and um, it's a free weekend this weekend. There's not much going on, so I've managed to get all the antennas back up again. I I had some I had to remove some antennas and remove some feed lines and switch lines or whatever because we're still doing some earthworks here with the building works. So I had somebody in with a, with a machine to, um, to, to move earth and move rocks and <laughs> help me out with a few things. And unfortunately, he's very understanding, this, this guy, but the, the first time he came here, he, sort of, um, he was a bit put off by the amount of wire that I had strewn across you know, various driveways and beverage antennas and whatever. So um, to keep him happy, I, I kind of took a few of those down just to uh, clear the way so he could get in and uh, do what he had to do. And then, and that was, you know, really, that was a couple of months ago and I, I haven't really bothered to put them, to put them back. And it was only really this week. I thought if I want to do the contest, I've really got to get all those antennas sorted out, um, particularly the sieve antennas. Um, the main tower wasn't, wasn't disturbed. So yeah, so that was a good thing to do as well. Get that, get that sorted. So yeah, we're making progress here. Yeah, well, they, there you have, uh, listeners, the uh, the life of a uh, uh, a year round contester, and I think that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Those those um, people who have um, yes uh, dedicated stations, um, you know, well away from uh, their uh, their house, but you know, um, I think the reality for most people is similar um, uh, to. Uh, uh, to what you've described, Kev, that, yeah, if you do contests all the year round, there's always going to be a compromise with, uh, uh, yeah, trying to fit um, uh, one's antenna projects next to uh, uh, the uh, domestic, um, you know, rebuild of uh, various things that always seems to go on. Mm. So, yes. Um, so if we, if we covered the uh, headphone um discussion do you think steve or if you if you've got more to contribute to this yeah no i think we've covered it um uh, it, it very well kev and uh um you know uh, we've moved on quite nicely so yeah I, I i think there's plenty of food for for thought there about 
you know, different needs for different circumstances. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. if any if any of the listeners have got a particular favourite pair of headphones or a pair of headphones that they've had a lot of success with, we'd love to hear from you. You can Absolutely. you can contact us on the on the show notes. There's an email address there, and you can just send it through uh, via that email. So be interested to know. There's a, there's always a different opinion with headphones, and there's there's no right or wrong way. We just we're, and none of none of what Steve and I have discussed this evening has really got any technical merit at all. <laughs> it's just our personal findings. It's, yeah. just, it's just stuff we've we've gleaned over the years and, and what we you know what we what we like and what we don't like about headphones. And of course, there's a more technical discussion to be had probably. But on a on a on a I suppose on a a sort of empirical basis. Um, you're going to, you're eventually going to, you're going to end up using the headphones that you, you just enjoy using the best. And everybody's got, you know, different range of, of hearing and um, different uh, response to either low frequency or high frequency signals. And I know a lot of guys, um, you know, that I think as you get a bit older, the, the tendency is to lose, I think, lose the high frequency register in your hearing. And there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of people listening, um, on the bands with communications headphones and they're, they're listening at fairly low frequencies, you know, three to 400 Hertz. They find easier now than, than the high frequency um, as you get a bit older. So yeah, that I, comes, that comes into the choice of headphone as well, because obviously yes. you, you want something that's going to respond to those lower frequencies. As a rule of thumb, I think, yes, um, the scientific or semi-scientific stuff that I've read uh, so totally supports what you said, Kev, that um, I think you and I probably uh, over the years, um, probably each uh, um, decade or something, um, uh, we, um, we drop the uh, uh, um, pitch of uh, um, our radios um, down by 50 hertz. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. What what do you normally listen to? What 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 frequency have you got your filters set to? Right. Well, I, I've um, got mine set to um, five hundred hertz. But um, when I started in ham radio, and I think the default tone on most um, transceivers, you know, going back to the seventies, eighties, and nineties, would have been side tone would have been seven hundred hertz. Yeah, quite often they were seven to eight hundred hertz. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I still every now and again, and again, this is something to think about that if you're working DX on the low frequency bands, having a relatively being able to listen at a fairly low pitch can be quite useful in terms of discriminating from noise. Whereas, um, I find if if I was say working uh, lots of stations on um, uh, 10, 15 and 20 metres, I'd probably go up, you know, on occasions I've even altered the pitch up to 600 hertz because for some reason that's kind of imprinted itself on my brain. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't tend to vary the pitch I listen to. Mine's set on um, 650. Right. And... Um... I've had it on that on that setting for a long time, and I haven't really tried. Look, back in the day, I might have been up around more the seven hundred mark, but I've been on six fifty for a long time. And it it's, it still seems six fifty still seems to work for me. So yeah, it's um, 
But there's no, everybody's different with this. And it's the same with the headphones. So, yes, yeah, certainly we'd, we'd appreciate comments from anybody that's got a favorite pair of headphones. A pair of headphones they can wear for 48 hours continuously with no earache. I, I need to hear it from those people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whether, or not, whether or not they're wearing glasses or not. I've even, got, I've even got to the stage where I have two pairs of glasses as well, Steve, with different, um, uh, different slightly different characteristics. So the headphones pressing on a different part of, of, of my head, basically. So uh, that's, um, that's yeah. yeah, that, well, yeah, the, the, these are all the things you need to think about if you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get through a long contest because you don't need the extra aggravation of having the pain of the headphones um, distracting you from the, from the contest. Although I suppose the other side of that is it might help to keep you awake. Yeah. And, and I if guess... it's too comfortable and too warm, you're just going to, you're just going to nod off basically. <laughs> Okay, well, yes, yeah, a good a good argument for um, discomfort. <laughs> yeah, well, everything we've just yeah we're, we're on completely the wrong track. They should be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Look, okay. that's that's really good. Thanks for um, thanks for joining us on this podcast. And oh, um, it's been, um, good fun as always. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll catch up soon. And yeah. so seventy three is for now for me, Kevin VK six Lima whiskey. Yes, and from Steve, VK6, Victor Zulu. And thanks for listening.